0: Welcome to Real Talk JavaScript, the weekly talk show that brings you stories of real-world development from industry experts and developers like you and me. Each week, Ward Bell, Dan Walline Craig Shoemaker, and John Papa find out what it takes to write, deploy, and maintain apps that stand up to the demands of the real world. And now, here are your hosts.
1: Welcome back to Real Talk JavaScript. This is episode 101 Dalmatians. Here I have my co-host, Craig the Man Shoemaker. How you doing, Craig? I
0: am great. I am awesome. Now I feel like we need to step back and watch some Disney movies or something together.
1: <laughs> uh, we just need to invite Cruella DeVille onto the show one of these days. That, that could definitely work out for us. <laughs> and today's topic is actually all about HTML. And, you know, last year I had a big foray into... Uh, I needed to write a demo for Pluralsight, which was purely HTML and JavaScript without worrying about frameworks. And I started going down the road of just HTML, which led me down the road of some of these topics we're going to talk about today of how the DOM has improved so much with HTML. But now we've got things like lit element, lit uh, HTML, uh, fast. And if you don't know what these things are, that's great, because today's topic is all about it, and we have a special guest, Alan Davalos, here to guide us through this journey. How are you doing, Alan?
2: Hey, I'm doing great here. It's uh, quite a bit of a time difference right now, but nice, nice to see you guys.
1: <laughs> That's good. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll make sure we keep you around for this. We are a global institution, this podcast, so we're That's right <laughs> worldwide global guests. So to let everybody know where you're coming from, Alan.
2: Oh uh, well I'm I'm from Mexico but I'm currently living in Japan. So <laughs> So if I'm tracking correctly, that's at least three languages that you know then, right? Yeah, exactly. Actually I know that's awesome. exactly three languages.
1: <laughs> Wait, what what about JavaScript? Don't you know that too?
2: I mean, (laughs) do you really count knowing JavaScript? I mean, I I think you never really know JavaScript.
1: (laughs) That is true. JavaScript is a language you think you know, and then suddenly you're like, what? (laughs) For those of you out there who aren't familiar with Alan, Alan is a Mexican front-end developer who works for the Line Corporation in Tokyo, Japan. And he's a big Web Components fan, and he loves learning and sharing his knowledge around the world. And today he is going to take us all to school on Lit Element. So, Alan, what what is Lit Element? Like, why not just start right there? Like, what what do people need to know if they don't know about what Lit Element is?
2: So, okay. So, first of all, uh, Lit Element is uh, a library, a JS library. It's made mostly to help you create web components. Which, if you're not familiar with, just to make it super simple, because there's a lot of material that covers what they, those are, it's basically uh, a couple of like native browser standards to help you create reusable components. The main parts of those are the custom element standards, which basically means you can like say, Hey, I want to have my awesome input, and then you can just write like in your HTML my awesome input and it will be like substituted with whatever you want to your component to be. And the other one is shadow DOM, which basically means you can have like actual CSS encapsulation. So Web Components is basically most mostly these two standards. And lit element is a library that helps you like create web components in a in a way that's easier Like, in a way that feels more familiar if you are writing components like in JS frameworks like React or Vue or whatever.
0: It almost seems like when they put the spec together for so many of these APIs, they think, well, let's make it do what it needs to do, but also create a huge opportunity for people to make it just so much easier down the line.
2: Yeah, I think that's actually (laughs) like the exact thought process they went through. Like, I've seen. But I mean, what I'm saying is sometimes
0: you run into these specs and it's like they're just the surface area is so weird and confusing sometimes. (laughs) And then there's like all these other things that come out later. You're like, oh, yeah, that makes it so much
1: easier. (laughs) I can totally get that. (laughs) So let's start, I guess, let's start with this then. If if we're saying that lit element helps us create these web components uh, through an API, I guess my first question might be, if I was coming to this brand new thinking, why not, if I was going to just not choose a framework, and maybe I've got my reasons, why not just use the DOM? Why not go and use, like, I go to MDN on the internet, right? Mozilla docs are awesome. Look up how to use the DOM, create elements. I can create everything I need right there. Um, What's is that a good thing to do? Uh, is there any problems with that? Let's kind of start from that point because that's the most basic API we could use.
2: Yeah, I think that uh, I don't know one of the biggest reasons you would want to use web components is exactly what I just mentioned about like like how the standards itself like work. Um, I think especially one of the of the biggest reasons why you want want to use them like this is the shadow DOM because. Shadow DOM basically, like I said, it, it actually it's actual uh, CSS encapsulation. So, for example, when you try to add like a pure JS widget to any kind of application, you can have these conflicts. That hey, so these guys didn't like use super generic class names for their CSS. No, so maybe you can have something that's just called I don't know, like button, and then it just will make a whole mess of your own CSS if you add it to your project. And one of the cool parts about Shadow DOM, for example, is that like, even if the component has like super simple CSS, since it's completely encapsulated, you don't have to worry about like, any style pollution or anything. So that's I think that's one of the like the the biggest reasons why you would even want to use them. It just makes it a lot easier to both use and both create components.
1: But why I mean, and I'm, I want to push you on this a little bit. Why is that easier to use something like that as opposed to just again creating DOM elements? I mean, isn't all this stuff under the covers creating DOM elements with the the basic API?
2: Yeah, sure. And that I, I mean that's like why it's uh, part of the standard. They just just make like dumb elements. That's basically it with this or any other web technology, right?
1: So, what, what is the, I mean, I'm sorry for interrupting, but you may also mention CSS encapsulation a few times. Where does that fall into this? Like, why is that? What is it maybe to help people understand and why is that important in this conversation?
2: The, the whole point about like this CSS encapsulation and this like DOM encapsulation is basically just allowing you to, like, define boundaries, right? Like, uh, the shadow DOM, we usually call the, that it, like, defines a shadow boundary. So basically, the, it creates a whole new, like, DOM tree underneath. So basically, in there, you, like, IDs, classes, like, all these, uh, well, selectors and stuff, they basically have their own scope, right? And this applies both in, in CSS terms and both in JavaScript terms. So it allows you to write like a, lot of, a lot simpler code in many ways, and it allows it to be more safe for use. When it comes to use
0: cases, are you seeing that maybe quite large systems tend to benefit from these more often than smaller ones? Or like, how do you see common uses for how people are deciding whether or not to, to go ahead with
2: it? I think uh, one of the of the use cases that like web components excel the most at, and one of the ones that uh, like I think most of the people who are using them are doing it for, is to create like design systems, for example. So, like when you create a design system, and I, I'm actually working on a project like this right now. So when you create a design system, what you want is to have like a lot of people on the same organization. Being able to use like components that behave uh, like the same, no matter what application they are in, right? Like I don't really care if they are using it in a fully static PHP page, or if it's like a, a an, an application create a single page application or whatever. Like the the whole uh, great point about like this about using web components for this kind of of use case is that you basically just write code once and use everywhere, right so like if I define my input, for example, or a button or whatever, like all the all the other devs using it can just add the same button with the same API everywhere, and it will have all the same styles, everything just included right there at the point, like there's no no real need to. To modify anything, like you can just basically reuse that same component, no matter what the kind of application is. I think that's one of the most powerful use cases for this kind of
1: components. Let's take a quick break from words from our sponsor.:
2: Raygun
0: helps thousands of customer-centric software teams detect, diagnose and resolve performance issues faster and more efficiently. And right now, just for a limited time, if you switch your application monitoring to Raygun, You'll receive up to twenty thousand dollars in free usage credit. There's never been a better time to switch. Save thousands and empower your team with the visibility and insights that they need to deliver a flawless customer experience. So go over to Raygun.com/slash/switch to apply today for that twenty thousand dollars in free credit. That's Raygun.com/slash/switch.
1: And we're back. So if we have an application and we want to create. Just a button. And we want that button to have, um, let's say it's an autocomplete. We're typing in something to find, let's say, stocks. Mm -hmm. And you type in your stock ticker, it's going to automatically search something and maybe show you some of the first results it matches. We could create that into a a web component. You need like a little bit of text, a text box, a button, and a couple other pieces of functionality. If I'm hearing you right, the CSS encapsulation, what that would help with is we might want to style that and make it behave a certain way. Yeah. So we can wrap the HTML, JavaScript, and CSS into this web component and then drop it anywhere we want into an application. Yeah, uh, exactly. Is is that? Am I on the right page with you here, or is there? No, that's
2: exactly that's exactly the whole point about all things.
1: And then it's framework agnostic, right? I mean, I can put it into React, View or as you said, whatever.js, uh, which I'm going to yeah, go create exactly. that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best JavaScript name I've ever heard.
0: But you want to build this in? Just, whatever. I just, you know, just get it done.
1: Just Whatever. Just, right. I mean, that's what businesses think, right? They're like, I don't care. Just yeah. do it. <laughs> I mean, has anybody ever gone to a website like, you know, your mom, your sister, your brother, your kids, and been like, you know what? I can't use this website. Why? Well, it's written in React, and I just don't do a React, you know? Right. So. <laughs> it's using
0: CGI bin. This thing's too old.
1: <laughs> Maybe developers, do. we do that. Yes, we do. But <laughs> so the other side of this is that, and I ran into this, and I'm, I'm kind of curious how LitElement would have helped me because I haven't used LitElement specifically. I was uh, building this demo, as I mentioned, where I was creating a pure HTML setup and I used the DOM API. And I very quickly ran into, oh my gosh, I need to use the same set of HTML in multiple places, basically templates. And Mm -hmm. simply taking a template and reusing it in pure HTML is not as easy as you might think. When you go down this road, you start figuring out, well, I want to take my template and put it in another file. How do I make my JavaScript read a template in another file, for example, and then render it when that file isn't referenced in a script tag anywhere? It's not brought to the client. And I started writing down all this stuff. Uh, and basically it was for things like, um, I wanted to have like a list of items in a, let's say it's a UL. Uh, I've got a list yeah. of search results for stocks. Let's say we'll go down the stock road and every row in that UL, every list item was going to come from a template. Uh, so I didn't have to hard code, you know, the stuff in there. And I found out quickly that things like lit HTML really helped me with that because they kind of solve that templating problem. Um, so maybe you can talk to me a little bit about how does LitElement help with templating inside of uh, an application?
2: So, well, let's, let's uh, start by, by uh, like explaining the relationship between lit element and lit HTML because I think we haven't Great really <laughs> talked about that yet. But basically, they are like sister projects. They are both uh, created by the, the, the Polymer project. Which is one are they of, sisters
1: like they like each other or are they like sisters who've had a fight and don't talk anymore?
2: No, they are sisters <laughs> that,
1: like i are
2: really love dobby with each other like they they really like to collaborate with each other,
1: <laughs> but
2: they and are these both are,
1: really independent <laughs> and I'm glad you mentioned they're they're both part of the polymer project, right
2: yeah, right, yeah so okay. yeah, so. Just to like a quick mention, the Polymer project is this project that was one of the big pushers for the web component standard. And LitElement and LitHTML are just two, like the two newest libraries they are like creating as part of that project. So like like you mentioned John before, uh, LitHTML is basically just uh, a rendering engine, right? So that actually doesn't really have to do that much with web components by itself. Like you can just have that super small JavaScript library. I think it's like three uh, kilobytes, like mean, just something like that's like super small. And it's really, it has really great performance, I have to say. And so basically that's just a, a rendering engine, right? It basically just exposes like two things, a render function and a templating function, which uh, lit html uses tag template literals. That's actually part of the reason why it's called Lit. It's because ah,
1: it's. Ah, I was wondering that. <laughs> ah, yeah. so yeah. the lit stands for literals for templating. Gotcha.
2: Yeah, it, it it stands for literals. It stands for little, and it stands for lit. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> a
1: little overloaded term. Nice. Okay. Okay, so if I'm I'm hearing you're right. Then, if you know, let's let's assume HTML and the DOM are the base API surface area that most of us could use. One yeah. level above that. Would be lit HTML then, which has a very small surface area, a very small footprint, even as you mentioned, and just lets you do yeah. things like HTML and rendering and for templates.
0: Yeah, does it wrap exactly. up the Web Components API though? I mean, is is Web Components underneath that, or is it is Lit Elements directly on top of native? Sorry, APIs?
1: sorry, we're talking about lit HTML first.
0: Oh,
1: yeah, and sorry. and I'm glad you mentioned that because that's what we have. All these different things, so. I'm trying to layer this. Is lit element uh a higher abstraction than lit html? So lit html is is closer to the DOM? Is is that what we're saying?
2: Basically, uh just to to uh,
1: answer both questions
2: at once. Uh basically lit html like I said it's just rendering and it it's it is built in on top of a standard which is why it's uh so small I think it's mostly based upon the template standard of HTML which basically just works to like easily create like the same template over and over again so in that sense it is on top of one of the of the standards that are uh, considered uh, being under the umbrella of web components but that's like really an independent one like I wouldn't really consider it that much integral in, in a sense to web components. And lit element basically it's like, okay, lit HTML already did the rendering part for me. So all the render like Lit Element uses Lit HTML as its rendering library. That's basically the the, the relationship we have there. So in that gotcha. sense, yeah, Lit Element is a, a, a step above in terms of abstractions. And yeah, so basically, if Lit Element is the way of using, well, one way of using Lit HTML in order to create web components. That's one way of saying it, I guess.
1: That that seems very clear. And, and Craig, I and for all of our listeners out there, I think this is a good conversation to have because there's so many of these things. Half the time, we don't know—at least I don't know—where are they fitting into the puzzle? Like we've mentioned, basic HTML, you've got Lit HTML, you've got Lit Elements. And I think what you're telling us there, Alan, if I heard you correctly, is that LitElement is really more for building the web components and it happens to use LitHTML to do the rendering pieces. So it's just a different piece of the puzzle that we can use to build these apps.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, of course, like like you said, you created a full-on demo just using LitHTML and I've done so too in in, in some projects like Lit HTML is really functional as a, as a rendering library by itself. So if you really don't really care about like component and stuff, and you just want a templating engine, that will serve you just fine. But if you do want like if you do like the encapsulation I just mentioned, and like having uh, your own nice
1: tag for your elements, then yeah, Lit Element will will do the job for you then. Yeah, I think that that would have made, if I had more time, that would have made more sense for me because as I went through the progression of my app, I started with, wow, I'm writing a lot of DOM code. And the second step was, (laughs) I'll write functions then that wrap up that code, right? That make it easier. Uh, And then the next step was, there's gotta be some template rendering tool out there, which is where I ran into lit HTML, which kind of helped me do all that and said, wow, I can get rid of a lot of code now. Let a HTML help. But the next logical step I started thinking about, and I didn't actually take this step, was it would be nice if instead of using like rendering all this HTML, I just could create a tag that was like, This is my mm-hmm. such and such component. And that would have been lit element in that case.
2: Yeah, um, exactly.
1: At the time, I was thinking Polymer was the answer to that. So, can you help us understand the difference between Polymer itself and lit element? And how do they yeah, fit sure. together?
2: So basically, the original Polymer library, which went from version uh, 1 to 3, basically, it was mostly uh, created as a way, I, I guess, to push the standard in some ways, like, hey, we can go through this way and this way. And in many ways, it was a bit of a trial and error thing, because like at first, they they were trying these things about importing HTML and then... Like the browsers didn't really like that, and it were like, well, but now we have ES modules, so let's just use that. And there were a lot of these conversations with the with the browser vendors and like defining the actual standard, right? Because the Polymer library came, like the first versions came out when that standard was just being defined. So by the time uh, the transition between Polymer two and Polymer three was going to start basically the standards were already defined, right? Like Web Components version one, just this is how it's done. And basically by that that point, the abstractions that the original Polymer library was doing weren't just enough. And they basically, I think they thought, well, let's just rethink this over and like according to the new constraints. And that's a bit of, the reason why it, they changed the name because, like Lit Element, has a, a lot of similarities in concept uh, uh, to the original Polymer library in terms of that it lets you create web components. But the abstractions it creates for you are like the API is so different that just calling it the same would be even more confusing. <laughs> so yeah, I had some experiences
1: to, with. Go ahead, sorry.
2: In order to to avoid that i think that's why they changed the name so that it's like hey this is like a new thing a new way of doing this stuff that's basically i think the reasoning behind it
1: yeah i had some experience uh working on a polymer project about four four or five years it's been a while now years ago uh creating web components and I, i have to tell you it wasn't a fun experience i mean the demos worked and everything was great, but once I tried to integrate that in some of the apps, things things became difficult. And I remember that part of the problem was my team was having a struggle with the APIs. They, especially when we try to drop Polymer into a React app or drop Polymer into an Angular app, or the integration between the two just didn't seem to fly. And, and honestly, I, it's not entirely fair because I can't remember all the details because it was like four or five years ago. But uh, I'm looking at what LitElement does now, and I'm thinking this actually doesn't seem like it would be difficult to integrate with other frameworks uh, am i wrong on that or no actually
2: i think and and it's not just a lead element thing like anything that that ends up creating web components following the, the the current standards just will basically work in whatever app you you want to do actually like in in my current job, like we have uh not only lead element but like a lot of uh, web components integrated into like for example vue apps and they just work seamlessly. Like you just import the, the component script and you just let like Webpack or Rollup or whatever bundler you have there do its magic. And basically it just works. Like that's the... the as far
0: as you're concerned, at, at that point, it works just like a native element that's, you know, part of the HTML spec. There's there's really no difference or, or are there are there any concessions that you need to make for the fact that it is a lit element uh, component?
2: No, really, like that's the the beauty of, of web components. Like in the end, uh, a web component to be considered a web component, or at least uh, according to the custom element standards, it has to extend the HTML element class, right? And that goes the same for like, say like a video tag or an input tag, like they all in the end extend the HTML element. So. They have the same like, event handlers. They have the same kind of ways of passing attributes or passing properties. Like, like you can just pass properties, attributes, or add events, like event listeners to a uh, web component, like, as you would like to, uh, like I said, like an input tag or like a video or whatever you want from the native spec.
0: So when you're looking at different opportunities for creating a component, where do you, like, where's the sweet spot of where you decide, okay, it really makes sense to do it in this sense? Or, and the other side of that question is, have you seen places where people have done it and it's just been like, you didn't need to go through all this. It's just like overkill. Like, where, where's the continuum on that?
2: I think, like, uh, the current, like, whole, I don't know, JavaScript ecosystems is, is a bit, like, uh, abusing the component Uh like making too much components about everything. Like uh, sometimes you could just probably just render pure HTML for a lot of stuff. That's uh, uh, really a something. But I mean, anything that, that can be like reusable, I think is a, a great candidate Like to create components. I actually, like, there's a lot of, of components I've seen created both with lit element and not, but with components that. They're just like really amazing stuff. Like for example, there's this uh component called Model Viewer to allow you to like render three D models as as you would render any image tag. Or like for example, I don't know, like I I've seen this library. I think it's called Iuxa. I'm sorry if I pronounce that wrong, but I, it's like for rendering like things for for scientific research and stuff like that. And it's like there's a lot of opportunities of creating really awesome components and the the cool part about creating those using Late element or any other way of creating web components is that anyone can benefit from that so like if any like i don't know like react dev or vue dev or whatever dev wants to <laughs> again with the whatever js <laughs> wants to just use these these components they can just like put them in the app and that's it
1: so I've got a page open. I put the link into the show notes and Craig and I have been dropping some of these in here uh, but the topics we're talking about. So folks, you can go check out LitElement, HTML, Polymer, et cetera. But the one I'm looking at right now is an article, uh, a couple articles here on LitElement with View. Just picked a framework to look at. And what they're doing here, a couple of things stood out to me. And I noticed this in the LitElement page right away. It seems like uh, the standard way of creating Uh, code of lit element is to use class structures. So it's not creating a function, it's creating a a class in JavaScript, uh, and TypeScript's also supported. Uh, Is that, again, I haven't used this, so I'm not sure, is that the only way to create them? If I wanted to, could I use a function to do that, or uh, how does this work?
2: Okay, so basically, uh, like I I briefly mentioned it before, but the, the web component standard, like basically in the end it requires you to create a class that extends from html element so right. lit element what it does it it extends html element and it adds like all the the cool like rendering and state management parts of it to it so if you want to use lit element as your like library of choice then yeah you would want you would have to subscribe to like using an object oriented paradigm and just using extending classes and stuff But like I think Craig mentioned it uh, a while ago, like all these standards are made just for people to plug and play different ideas. So there's a lot of other libraries to create web components and some use like compilers and some use a functional, like a lot of uh, like things, React hooks. I think there are a couple libraries. I think one's called Haunted, for example. I I think that actually uses lit, lit HTML as its rendering engine, but it provides like a React hook-like interface for it. So if you really like that way of writing, then maybe that's more of your cup of tea. So even if, if, if LitElement doesn't really uh, fill your needs because you really don't want to write classes, there's a lot of ways of creating uh, web components.
1: Yeah, like I noticed on the, the sample page here, uh, they use classes and they've got a JavaScript and a TypeScript example. And one of the things that I find fascinating is, I like both, but in TypeScript, you can create classes a little bit easier than in JavaScript because they have a few more levels of um, features. So basically, the code example for a, a simple greeting this is in the main page of LitElement is 10 lines of code, including imports and spaces and everything. But with JavaScript, it's um, 18 lines of code to get there. And it's just a little more verbose because TypeScript wraps this stuff up. But the one thing that stood out to me originally was I noticed the sample code right on the homepage of that element is actually in TypeScript. Um, it doesn't say that it is, but I was looking at that and I'm like, and, and I noticed this because I noticed they're using uh, decorators right off the bat. So using a decorator, I'm like, wow, that, that looks like TypeScript to me. And, uh, and I was wondering how they do that in JavaScript. So to define a custom element in JavaScript, they're using this custom Define, and then they just give it a name. Like this one here is called simple greeting. But in TypeScript, they use a, custom element decorator on the class, which says, hey, uh, just call this element that's right below me, simple greeting. So I think that's kind of cool. It's a good example of how TypeScript can make JavaScript a little bit, uh, I'm not going to say cleaner, but uh, less verbose, I guess. And When you write lit element, what do you use? Do you use the TypeScript version? Do you use the JavaScript version? And you know, what do you recommend?
2: I think uh, you could really use either. It, I think it really depends more on whether you like using TypeScript or not, basically. Uh, I personally have wrote a lot more of JS because like, I, I just really like my, my code to require as less build steps as possible, but that's really just like a really personal thing. But as you said, actually LitElement since since the, the core library itself is it's written with TypeScript, they have a lot of helpers and decorators specific for TypeScript. So I think the developer experience is a bit, bit, a bit better uh, if you're using TypeScript. So if you're comfortable already using uh, TypeScript, you probably would want to use TypeScript with LitElement.
1: That makes sense. And the reason I kind of went down this road looking at this app, by the way, this demo with the view that I first mentioned and dropped to LinkedIn for is the problem I had years ago was I'm thinking this. I've written something in Vue, uh, let's say, or it could be Angular React. And I want to consume, uh, in that article, they use a, a loading indicator as their element. So they, they use the element to create a loading indicator. And this, this is a really cool idea. How many apps have you built that you need to use a loading indicator? Uh, every time I start an app again, there's like certain elements I always want. I want a loading indicator. I want a modal dialogue which just has some basic yes, no answers and some text. You got these things you reuse. Wouldn't it be great if I could write them in lit elements as a web component more specifically and drop them into Vue, React, whatever. So what this uh, person did in the article, I should stop calling this person to go find their name. Uh, the article is by Aaron. <laughs> That's the full name. So what Aaron you know, says Aaron. in this article <laughs> is that they took a, the progress indicator and then I was trying to figure out, okay, Sounds great, but when I go to view, view has data bindings. How do I bind something in my view app to tell a loading indicator to turn on or turn off, or to pass a message in for like a modal dialog? Uh, and it looks like what they do is in view, you use the syntax of colon and then the name of the property to bind it, uh, or like in Angular, use like ng model, for example in the way it gets bound inside a lit element, it seems to be that you expose a static property. And that's the way you get values in. Is is that, like if I wanna pass values in and then pass values back out of my elements, is that the standard way to do that with lit element or is there a different technique?
2: Yeah, so basically um, uh, with lit element, uh, what you usually do is uh, define a set of properties. Uh, that's what they they, they call it like in in js basically you just write a static getter and and basically there you tell hey this component exposes the the following properties with these names and these types for for example you can say like hey i know like in the loading uh case maybe you want uh, to have a min or a max or maybe you want to have uh the current value or maybe you want to be like have this like infinite loading indicator. So you can say like, hey, uh, min or max are numbers and the, uh, the, I don't know, like maybe you want to have uh, one for like maybe variants or colors. I don't know. You can just basically define whatever property you want and just say like, hey, this is an object. This is a a Boolean. This is an array. And sometimes like, for example, one of the cool things that lit element has like it, it, provides a bunch of helpers for you to, to define like these like common types. But you can actually just create your own ways of handling this kind of thing. So, maybe you can create a handler for I don't know like CSV formatting or something like that, and it just works.
1: That's the way to get values because that's the real key, is right. You have to get values in. Think think props, right? You've got to get values into your elements somehow. And it yeah. seems like static properties is what you're saying is, is the is the conventional way to get them in there.
2: Not really. Like the static property is just like to to for that for little element itself to know what the properties names are. But these properties are are just like like uh, instance level uh, properties. Like say for example, if you call it I don't know, like maybe it's a disabled right. So if you get an instance for the or the component, and you're just like, "Hey, this well, like whatever component that disabled equals true, then that will just change the the property." Or if you put it in HTML and just put the attribute like disabled, and it it's so like setting be an attribute
0: value within a regular HTML element. And yeah, that, that passes like, it into the to the.
1: Uh, so, so how do you do that? How do you define a uh, an attribute value of the HTML element then?
2: Yeah. So basically, like. A uh, lit element lets you like say, hey, uh, I want this this property to to respond to this attribute and or this JS property because it it kind of makes a, a like lets you make a distinction between those and so you can just set it as whatever like both in HTML or in JS and they both will like trigger all the same setters and all the same rendering so. Like in, in the disabled case, like you can just like in your HTML, like, hey, like my component and just add the disabled attribute and it will work. And that the same if you put it in React or, it, or in Vue or whatever, right? And and getting data out, is that done through emitting events or what? what's that? Yeah, sort of exactly. Like? Exactly. I think like, that's uh, one of the easiest ways of doing. So you can just like tap into the, the custom events uh, like uh, already in JavaScript Mm -hmm. or maybe just use a a non-custom like a click event or whatever and just like whenever you in in your elite element code like say like hey I want to I don't know notify that like this cool event is happening like maybe I will know something loaded or whatever and just like create like hey this is my new uh, event and it's called loaded and then you just dispatch it and you can just catch it with an event listener like like normally. Right, okay.
1: So I'm seeing here in the the API, uh, and I'm dropping links into the show notes for folks too, there is, if you're using TypeScript, there is a at property decorator that you can use inside of Lit element. And it looks like you can use that to define your own property as well. Uh, the example in the docs here is they've got a property called clicked and they tell it it's a Boolean and it's, going to be set to false by default, uh, and that'll expose. So that looks like a way to create props. Craig, you, you had a good question on events. It looks like you can simply just tap into any DOM event uh, and then call your own custom function inside of the, uh, the lit element itself as well, and that's using a at event options decorator. Uh, and again, I, I assume this is all using TypeScript. Um, with the APIs. So it looks like they fully fleshed out this this whole API for, you know, because the first thing I always think of is, is props and events. You know, if you have a custom element, it's great to say I've got a custom element, I can drop it on a page and it does stuff. But almost always, you're going to need to either pass a value in or emit some kind of event out. I mean, what good is your element if you can't actually make it talk to the world, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. And as you said, like, like the, there's a like, both the the decorator way of defining properties, and there's both the like just using the static getter. It's basically the same. You just can pick whatever works for you. And yeah, like like you said, like and the the cool part is that I I, I seem sometimes people think that you can pass uh, uh, complex things to to web components, but like we said, like these are just uh, dumb nodes. So. You can just like get a reference to them and pass like, I don't know, like the uh my component dot, whatever prop, and just assign an object or an array or whatever there, and it just will work normally, just no problem. And what LitElement element does for you, like when you define these properties uh, using either the decorator or the static getter it basically knows that these are the 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 properties it needs to like watch to to trigger re-renders right so then it will say like hey this this property changed so let's see if it's used in my rendering template and if it's used i'm going to re-render that specific part only where it's used and boom it just does it for you so it really removes a lot of the of the cumbersome parts just working with the DOM directly, but tapping into the DOM directly.
1: Let's take a quick break from a word from our
2: sponsors.
3: So John, one of the things I like about AG Grid, which is a a data grid component for the kind of complex uh, grid scenarios that we encounter all the time in enterprise apps.
1: One of the things I really like about
3: it is that it works for a variety of frameworks, Angular, React, Vue, or, or just vanilla JS. Does that ring a bell for you?
1: Oh, it really does. There's all these different companies that I work with where they have no choice but to use a lot of these different tools because they have different teams working on them. So being able to port their code or share that code and that technical investment they have is really important to them.
3: Yeah, well, it's important to us, uh, ideally. We're a consulting company, and uh, you know, we never know what our client's going to want to use, Angular, React, Vue, but they're all going to need a grid, and it's great to be able to reach for uh, the one grid that works everywhere, AG Grid.
1: You know, at, at any size company, too, because you could have these teams that maybe they only use one framework, but eventually they're going to switch to another one and be able to take that investment again and use it, reuse it is really nice.
3: So, if a multi framework grid makes sense to you, you should certainly go over there uh, and check out AG Grid at ag grid.com and tell them Warden John sent you.
1: And we're back. Now, we talked a lot about lit elements and kind of how it works and how we can send props in and out and some examples. But there's also another library out there called Fast, which does something similar. Uh, and this one's by Microsoft. Uh, that's up there. And I'll put a link to this. Or maybe, Craig, you can put a link in the show notes while we're talking to this. Appreciate that. Uh, do you, are you familiar with Fast, Alan, and how it compares to LitElement and what the differences might be?
2: Yeah, so basically, uh, like, I haven't really like gone too deeply into fast so I can only talk about surface level stuff. But from what I've seen, basically the the philosophy around fast is basically the same uh, as with late element. It just exposes uh, a way of easily creating web components. And it seems like from what I've seen, it seems to have like really comparable like performance and, a lot of really good stuff there, so props on the on the Fast team, really, they've done a, a really nice job there. So, like, uh, I think it's one one thing I, I kind of tap when we talked about the functional thing. And there's a lot of, of libraries to create Web Components. There's actually uh, a super great article that just benchmarks uh, a bunch of different libraries against each other. And I think Fast they're, they're, the is not there because it's really new, but I think they are going to probably add it really soon. But anyway, I think one of the of the cool things you can see in that benchmark is that most of these libraries, since they both they always tap into these native specs, they really write not that much code, so they end up being all super small and super performant. Like the 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 levels of performance here are like really really amazing. Like we're talking about like. Preact levels of performance. Actually, Preact is included in the libraries uh, compared there, for example. Like this, these are really like super performant uh, libraries. So even if you really don't like don't want to use LitElement element per se, like there's a lot of other options, including fast, of course. So yeah, like if any of this like is is looks like it's for you, like do use them they are all really amazing libraries I think.
1: I think you're hitting on something that a lot of us I know I deal with a lot is uh, if I'm going to build an app I want to know that that library that I'm using if I'm using something is going to be around it's going to be supported uh, it's going to exist you know especially for the developers coming behind me who might be me supporting that (laughs) over the years. Uh, how, How have you like ones that we just talked about fast by Microsoft, LitElement is built by part of the Google team. Uh, are these things, you know, they have a life? Do they have some kind of history? And are, are they well-supported? Kind of, How do you feel about these?
2: So this is uh, something of a, of a really personal opinion in a way, but I think I, I, I really think like I, I like Lit element a lot because I've been following Polymer since the very beginning, but One of the really cool parts about uh, just working with Web Components is that, like, sure, it, uh, it might disappear eventually, like there's always that risk with any library, even if it has like a corporate backup or not, like there's always this risk, right? But the cool thing about Web Components is that since these are a standard thing, like it's not like they're not, like they're going to stop working, right? So you can have a lot of time to like, rework this. And since the concepts are really similar, like, for example, migrating a lead element component to a fast component is probably going to be really, really simple. And they can work with each other, like we said. Like, they work with frameworks, of course. They work with each other. So you can use like a fast component inside of a lead element, inside of a haunted component. And you can do this whole crazy stuff, and it will just work.
1: Because I want, want are, that on my resume. Elements. I, I want that on <laughs> my resume. I wrote an app once with every framework in the entire world in the same <laughs> app. <laughs> Have a nice day.
0: <laughs> well, I was, I was going to say, since there's this really open nature to it, is there a place like uh, awesome lit components, you know, uh, catalog of, of stuff that's existing that people could look at and maybe use in their apps?
2: Yeah, so basically, we had that before. Uh, there was this this uh, catalog for web components, but it went uh, a bit stale, and I, I really wouldn't use that right now. Like a lot of great web components are published, like in in npm already, but sometimes it's really hard to to find them. So, so basically, there's this really cool project that's called OpenWC, WC for web components. That they have a lot of really really good stuff around web components and a lot of uh, things that not only apply to web components and I think they are going to separate those into a different namespace later on. But anyway, um, they have uh, a lot of uh, I don't know like best practices and a lot of like the, on a starter template and a lot of things that you can use not just for Lit Element but for a lot of different web components libraries. So. If you got interested in in web components or in late elements through this, you probably would want to give them a visit because it's one of the best resources out there to just learn more about this stuff.
1: Hey, Alan, I want to thank you for coming on today. You've uh, been a fantastic font of information for everybody and I want to thank Craig for being so fanatic about typing in so many great links for the show. We've got a ton of great links in there for everybody. And Alan, thank you. As well, we've got fast and lit HTML and lit elements. Um, Lions, tigers, and bears. So definitely check out the show notes from today. I also want to thank our sponsors for the show. Without you, we wouldn't be here. So thank you very much for our continual sponsor, AG Grid, as well. Uh, who is our? Uh, <coughs> excuse me. At a point, let me back up to the sponsor. And I want to thank our continual sponsor, AG Grid, as well. Alan, uh, I'd like to leave our points with our listeners, at least with one final thought about the show today. And let me ask you, where would somebody go to learn more about Lit element? If they really were going to try to dive into this and understand if it's right for them, what's the place that you would send them to?
2: Yeah, so basically, uh, I, what I just mentioned, OpenWC probably is one, going to be one of your best points to start. They have a lot of... Uh, resources both in terms of libraries and in terms of tutorials and a lot of different things that you can use uh, in order to build either components or full-on apps using the elements so I think that's uh, really a really good place to start and I think that uh, one other thing I really want to to make sure everyone just uh, understands that is that you don't need to really build LitElement components in order to make the most of, of this. Like Even if you just have uh, any kind of JS app, you can just add a bunch of cool components built with LitElement or otherwise, and they just are great. So you, you can just go around and, and use those. And if you want to build your own component, you I would really appreciate if you consider making it a Web Component because... That's just going to make it accessible for everyone out there.
1: (laughs) That's a a great point. Thank you so much for that. And I see you've dropped in a bunch of uh, great links as well about some components that are using LitElement and some that are not using LitElement. So folks, you can check these links out in our show notes today. Uh, And again, thank you, Alan, for coming on. Uh, Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners for today about the show or otherwise?
2: First of all, thank you, John Cray, for having me here. It was really fun being here with you. Uh, as John said, I just left a bunch of a list of a bunch of components that I think are really awesome uh, that i couldn 't really mention them all through the through the talk and i 'm kind of sorry about that, but hopefully uh you can get, uh, get uh, view those there also uh i I do a lot of uh well not a lot of but i I sometimes write uh, some articles about web components and other stuff. So, uh, you can check me out in Dev2. Uh, it's Dev2 slash Alan GDM. So, you can check. I have a couple of articles about Web Components around there. So, yeah, it was really nice. And I hope I got some people interested in both building and using Web Components
1: through this. Craig, do you have any final thoughts for our listeners?
2: Yeah, I just want to double down
0: on what Alan's saying. You know, we were talking about what's in the show notes and, it, you know, he just put a slew of stuff in there. So if you want to get started and you want to figure out uh, a lot of the different resources that are available, like this is probably one of the most set of uh, comprehensive lists we've had of links in show notes in, in recent memory. So yeah, if you want to get started, please head over there.
1: Yeah, and I'll leave you with a thought as well. If you're trying to figure out like, why? Why would I do this? And what if I just wanted it? If I was going to really drop down to plain web components, why not just drop down to writing HTML? I wrote an article that I dropped into the show notes uh, almost a year ago now, in October. And uh, honestly, I didn't think it was going to get the uptake it did. It was my most popular post I wrote in the entire year in 2019. It was all about how to create an app with just pure HTML using the DOM. Uh, And some folks read that article and were like, wow, I'll never use a framework again because it's just vanilla JavaScript is great. And then some folks wrote it and said, wow, I'll never do that again. What John just did looks <laughs> really painful. So I think there's, there's different ways to take this, uh, but either way, I do find it's really, really valuable to understand what the DOM offers and what the APIs can do because it really shapes why we have frameworks like Vue, React, Angular, or even uh, LitElement and, and custom web components or fast. It kind of helps shape your view of why these things exist I know personally, I hadn't looked at the DOM API, I mean, other than like one or two functions of it, in years until I wrote this article a year ago when I wrote this app. Uh, And I was really happily surprised at how much the the API had evolved and how much more it can do uh, than the last time, which was several years I mentioned, since I'd written pure HTML and vanilla JavaScript against it. So uh, would I write one again with that? Maybe, maybe not, but It definitely taught me that the things have evolved uh, and it makes, it really puts in context too, like where LitElement, Fast, HTML, and these other frameworks fit into the puzzle for us. To me, it's all about what level of abstraction do you want? uh, How specific of a framework do you want to lock yourself into? Or do you want to get yourself into a more generic world as well? And my personal opinion is that things like LitElement or Fast are great, for reusable web components, things that you're going to constantly be using in in multiple applications. So uh, those are my final thoughts for today. Check it out. Check out the articles. Uh, I know I've got a lot of reading material from Alan here. Thank you so much, Alan, for coming on.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: And thank you all for listening to yet another week of Real Talk JavaScript. We are episode 101, and no Dalmatians were hurt while making this podcast. See you next Tuesday. Thanks for listening to Real Talk JavaScript. This show and all of our shows are available at www.realtalkjs.com with links and notes. John and Ward would love to hear what you think, especially about potential guests and topics for future shows. Follow and send them a message on Twitter at Real Talk JS.